If you have your Bibles, I want you to stand for the reading of the Word today. As it's already been stated by our youth pastor, Brother Jordan, a moment ago, we're going to the river here in a little bit. And I'm excited about going to the river. If you're in the house and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized before you leave this place. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Praise God. We are going to go to Genesis. Genesis. We're also going to go to Psalms. Genesis. We'll also go to Psalms. Genesis 35, Psalms 119. Genesis 35, Psalms 119. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. Genesis 35, Psalms 119. Begin reading at verse 2 of Genesis. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean somebody say be clean and change your garment somebody say change look at your neighbor say it's alright to change look at him again and say if it's a godly change and let us arise and go up to Bethel. And I will make thee make, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods. Praise God. All the stuff that wasn't right. All the things that were contrary to the one true God. All the strange gods which were in their hands. And all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the yoke which was by Shechem. And they journeyed. And the terror of God was upon the cities that were around about them. And they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, which was in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, Bethel. He and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel because their God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Psalms 119. Praise God. Psalms 119 verse 89. Somebody say forever. Forever. O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Where is it settled? Where is it settled? Settled in heaven. Listen to this. 
Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine accordance, for all are thy servants. Verse 92. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in my afflictions. I will never forget. Look at your neighbor and say, I'll never forget. I'm not talking about those, and God loved them, and I respect them. I'm not talking about those that we have lost in battle. I'm talking about Jesus. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. You've taught me some things, and I'm not going to forget them. I am thine. Save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all of all pardon me perfection but thy commandment thy commandment is exceeding broad praise God somebody say it is settled in heaven we understand that it's settled in heaven we understand that it's not changing in heaven. We understand that heaven has it. But my question to you today, the question that I am going to pose to you that is the title of my message this morning, is it settled for you? Is it settled for you? We get it that it's settled in heaven. But my question is, is it settled for you? My hope today before we leave this house is it would be settled in the hearts of every single individual in this place that we know in whom we serve. We know what it takes according to God's word to make heaven our eternal home. We have no doubt when the going gets rough where we need to go. We need to go to what Jesus Christ has taught us in his word. We need to run to where Jesus Christ wants us to run and be where Jesus Christ wants us to be because we know that it works. Not because Pastor Darren says so. Not because your Sunday school teacher said so. Not because the United Pentecostal Church International says so or any organization, but because the Word of God says so. Amen? If you would lay your phone to your Bibles down. And I'm going to ask you this question every person that's in the house. Would you just look at me for a moment, everybody in the house? I'm going to ask every person, allow the Word of God to fall on the fallow ground of your heart. Allow the Word of God to fall on the fallow ground of your heart. Every young lady, every young man, every elder, let the Word of God fall on the fallow ground of your heart. That today, before you leave, there could be transformation and change. Here at Truth Church, we've kind of changed some things on how we 
give you opportunity to respond to the word. And for those of you that need prayer, and at the end of my message, it's no bait and switching. It's just what it is. I'm going to call for those that have a need. We haven't taken prayer out. We haven't removed prayer. We've just moved it to the end of, of the service. So if you have a need in your life, I'm already I'm going to do it right now. I'll do it again in a moment. I want you to come. We're going to have people here that want to pray with you, that have prayed and fasted and believed, and they're ready and they're anticipating, laying on hands that the word of the Lord may be revealed in your life, that God can do a work. It's no power that they have in and of themselves, but it's the power of God that works through them. And so when you have a need, I want you to come, and I want you to allow God to heal your body or transform your situation, but also... I want you to come and respond to the word. And that word that I preached here today would fall on the fallow ground of your heart. And you can leave changed. Somebody say changed. Come on, shout changed. Why do we come to church? Just to appease somebody? No. To check it off on a list? You're in the wrong church, ladies and gentlemen. I could care less if you want to be a good churchgoer. You're probably not going to feel welcome here if you just want to be a good churchgoer. Amen. I want you to leave this place changed. I want you to come anticipating change. When I get into the Word of God, when I read the Word of God, when I reminisce on the Word of God, God change me. Find something else in me that needs to be taken out and something else that needs to be put in. Amen. Would you raise your hands all across the building? Lord, we thank you so very much for this time of worship that we had with these praise singers and these musicians. Thank you, Lord. We hope and we pray that it was a sweet-smelling savor in your nostrils today. We hope, Lord, that it entertained you and it brought you, O oh Lord, to where we are, your presence to where we are. We have tried our best to roll out the red carpet for you to walk in and walk up and down the aisles. We understand that you're omnipresent. We understand, Lord, that you're anywhere at all times. But God, we want you to be here definitely. We want you to know that you're welcome today. And we hope everything we have done, Lord, from this point and beyond, that is to welcome you here in your word, Lord, to go to our ears and our hearts and to bring change and transformation. Lord, I love you and I thank you and I humble myself before you. Anoint these lips of clay. Anoint every ear to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, with all of your might, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? You may be seated. Is it settled for you? Is it settled for you? We have an enemy. An enemy. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Ladies and gentlemen that are under the sound of my voice, there is an adversary. He is real. He is powerful. He is strong. 
He can come against you. He can devour you. It is in his possession to do so. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Speaking with Brother Trevor not too long ago, I made the statement that, yes, he really wants to do that. It's not just some words that are put in the book. He really wants to kill you. He really wants to destroy you. He really wants to annihilate you. Sin can do that. If you have ever seen the progression of someone that has been addicted to meth, the first time they start to the very end time they start. Don't tell me that it's of God. Don't tell me it's something that we all need to do. No, the progression of the pictures tells you and me we don't want to do that. And the adversary is seeking to destroy you, not just mentally, not just emotionally, not just physically, but spiritually and physically. If you think otherwise, you are just simply in denial. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy your job. He wants to annihilate every single thing. He goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Every one of us have those times when the heat is on. When the issues and the problems have arise, when the enemy has surrounded us and is trying to destroy us, or when, young people, you'll appreciate this, I really don't understand it any different than just saying I'm struggling, but when the struggle is real, it's all different, and there's some things going on when the roof is caving in on our lives. And there's pain and there's issues and there's problems and we feel like all hell is breaking loose and darkness has fallen upon you and the pressure is on. All of those times we have. I can look across this building and I can see the individuals and the families where the heat has been on, when the issues have come in and the problems have come. It's coming in. And it's going to continue to come in. Every one of us have dealt with that or, or are dealing with that. Then there will be a time. There will be a moment. Somebody say a moment. That yes, the heat is on. Yes, all those problems are there. Yes, all the issues are coming up. And all the stuff is happening. And the marriage is rocky. And all these things are going on. And your kids don't love you or Jesus or anything anymore. And they're not appreciative. And all this stuff, the enemy is coming in. All of those times are happening. But then, there's also a time during that same instance, during that same time, I have found myself here this week. My wife has found herself here this week and we're deciding. We're at a decision point. We're at this moment in life. What are we going to do now? The heat is on. The enemy is there. We're surrounded by stuff and there's things coming in our lives and there's decisions that we got to make and we got to decide. What are we going to do? We got to decide what are we going to do. I can tell you this. I'm living for God. I, I, I love Jesus. I don't just carry this to this pulpit. I carry this all the time. I have it with me. 
I have it in my mind. I have it in my hand. I have it in my backpack. I have it with me. I want the word with me. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm trying my best to live as a Christian, sold out to Jesus, separated from the world. I am. But I, along with many of you, I still have to decide when the struggle's real, when I'm surrounded by the enemy, when all of the things are going on, when all this stuff is happening. I've got to decide. When are you going to decide, Pastor Darren? I'm going to decide when I'm a Christian. I'm going to decide when I'm living for God. I'm going to decide when this, this word is just continually fresh and I'm soaking it in and I love it. And man, life is going good. I'm going to decide right then where I stand. I'm going to make up in my mind right in that moment, not when I've skipped my knee. Not when I have fallen by the wayside. Not when the going gets rough. And not when I'm completely destroyed and distraught. Am I going to try to decide in whom I serve and where I stand on the word of God. But I'm going to decide when I'm a Christian. I'm going to decide when I'm in love with the word. I'm going to decide when everything's going great. I'm going to decide when I'm at youth congress. I'm going to decide when I'm clapping my hands in the church. I'm going to decide right now. I'm going to settle it for myself right now. That's when you decide. Not when problems arise. Not when death comes in. Not when everybody's mad at me. Am I going to decide? No. I'm deciding right now. Right now, I am settling it for myself. I understand the word of God tells me that his word is forever settled in heaven. But my question today is, is the word of God settled in you and for you? Do you know that you're not going to waver? Do you know that you're not going to move? Do you know that your family has it in their brain? We're not moving when the going gets rough. When I lose my job, when there's hate coming in, when nobody likes me. Pastor, what is going on? Why are you screaming? Why are you getting all crazy about this? Because I'm 41 years old and I'm starting to realize some stuff. When death comes in, when issues come up in life, when marriages are broken apart, all of a sudden, everybody wants to run to Jesus. You don't decide when everything goes. Can things go wrong? Can you stump your toe when you're living for God? You can. But if you have made up your mind, if you have already settled it in yourself, I'm living for God. I'm stepping. I'm trying my best. I'm doing good. I'm living for God. And then all of us, you make a mistake or you fall short or you do something you shouldn't do. If you've already settled it, you don't have to... What do I do now? You already know. The arrow's pointing north. And that's what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to go. It's settled in my spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, it is going to happen. The Bible says, you may be seated. I love it. I'm glad you're standing. I want you to keep standing and all those things. I love it. I'm just, if you don't sit down, I'm going to not stay to my notes and we'll, it'll be a bad thing. Okay. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Again, listen, be sober, be sober, be vigilant. What did you say? Kingly aware. Focused because there's an adversary. Here I go. No. Oh, yeah, there, there's that opening in the armor. And it hits you. Your kids that you thought were living for God, they're not really living for God. Your marriage that you thought was strong is not really strong. And so things begin to come in. He puts something in one and it happens in another. Issues and problems arise. And all of a sudden, your head over heels. And the dust is flying everywhere. and You're tumbling in one of those big uh, uh, clear balls down the hill. And you're just tumbling, tumbling, tumbling. And all of a sudden, you get your scruples about you. You stand up. And the question's there. Is it settled? If you've already made the decision, if it's settled, you know it's settled. When you've already made the decision, what do I do from here? You know that I'm going to go the direction of Jesus Christ. I'm going to put my nose in the book. <laughs> Pastor Darren, that's never happened to me. Happened to you. Don't tell me it hasn't happened to me. It's happened to me. It's happened to that lady right there. And it will happen to you. No, I'm not giving the devil credit. It wasn't the devil that, that allowed my wife to go through the issue and the problem of, of leukemia. But I am telling you this. Life happens just like the adversary happens. And if you don't have it settled in your spirit and your heart, when life happens, guess what? You're going to go the wrong direction. You better settle the issue now. For me and my house, for my spirit, my heart, I am going to serve the Lord. When your heart is right. When you're in tune with God, when you're loving him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, when you're thinking straight, that is when you settle it. That's when you settle it in your spirit and your mind. Not when you're down in the dumps. Not when you're discouraged. Not when everything seems to be going wrong. Not when you can't touch God. Not when you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling. But rather, when everything is going great. When you come to the altar in a little bit and you're shouting and you're dancing and you're excited about your family living for God. You're excited about all the reports you heard from your student. That's when you do it. That's when you make up in your mind. I'm going to serve the Lord. Come hell. Come high water. He's going to get the glory for my life. And I don't just say that to get a response from you. 
I say that because the time's coming. It's going to come. Hail and high water is coming. Young people, that's why at a young age, we tell you, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Live for God. Be in love with him. You've heard me say it. I'll say it again. Build a relationship with Jesus. And covet that relationship with Jesus. I'm keeping my relationship with Jesus. Because trials are going to come. There's going to be professors and teachers and friends. And everybody that tries to come against you. And try to tear you down. And tell you what you believe isn't real. And what you believe isn't right. And all these different things. But if you've settled it. At 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 and 17 and 18. And when your daddy and mama finally say, yeah, you can be married. If it's settled, nothing that happens, nothing that comes your way is going to detour you from the right way. You may be seated. Young people. I'm thankful for you this morning. But adults, don't let it be just the young people because they're fired up that respond to the word of the Lord. I'm not asking you for a response. I'm just telling you, don't, oh, they'll get it done today. No, you need to respond to the word too. You need to let it be settled in your spirit too. Somebody say amen. When the pressure's there, when the issues are there, when the hurt's there, that's not when you decide. You decide when you're in his presence. You decide it on a 24-hour prayer meeting. You decide it when you're by yourself in that prayer room. And you're just, it's an every day or an every month thing. I'm here. This is my prayer time. I'm excited about it. And you're in the presence of the Lord. And the Holy Ghost rushes in. And you begin to talk in other tongues. And the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. And you feel, Brother Jordan, just like you're in the upper room. That's when you decide, I'm a one God, Jesus name, apostolic, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, child of God, and I'll always be that. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to be apostolic. I'm not ashamed to be a one God, Holy Ghost, heaven-bound believer. I don't think I'm better than you, but I love Jesus. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that he lives inside of me and I know he's there because I did what the Bible said I would do. Praise God. When you are under pressure and the seducing spirit of the world is calling you. When your friends, when some of your family has backslidden and gotten involved in that other muck and mire of religion. Can I just, I feel, seriously, I feel that I just need to say this. <laughs> the Pentecostal Church International is not or does not have a monopoly on the right way. Okay? You got your Bible? Grab your Bible. The Bible does have a monopoly on the right way.
So seducing spirits of the world, they start calling you. Your friends and your family, they're backsliding and getting involved in the opposite of the Bible way, if I could say it that way today. And they say things like, you know, man, hey, Brother Trevor, we still feel God. We still feel God at our church. We still feel God when we're praying in our home. We still feel God. Man, we, we act like what you act like. We do what you do. Our preacher preaches like your preacher preaches. We're all going to heaven. Don't tell me that this isn't the spirit of the age. Listen to me. I was leaving from Youth Congress at an ungodly time at 3 a.m. in the morning. I was getting in a vehicle to go to an airport. It's ungodly. It's ridiculous. I'm still, yeah. But... I was, I was praying for Z's, not for Jesus to descend from heaven. And I should have been doing that. But anyway. But these three men that had been involved in the, bas or the not basketball, the baseball game, the Cardinals baseball game. They were coming to where we were getting. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is when we were coming in. I got it wrong. I, I did leave it at ungodly time, but that's another story. Anyways, we were coming in. And we get out of the car that we were getting to our hotel. And... These guys were coming over. Hold that, hold that Uber there. Hold that Uber. And they just commented about how we were dressed. And they liked how we were dressed. And we told them we were going to church. And it's really hard to conversate with a drunk person because uh, they don't understand very much. Um, but this particular one that was the sober of the three, he said, I go to church too. I'm a Catholic. And the difference is you go to the one that they need to talk to, that you need to talk to, and I go through somebody that talks to them for me. And he said, but the important thing is we're all going to the same place. And I'm not discounting the man and his thoughts. I'm just saying that is the belief of the age. We're all going to heaven. <laughs> Doesn't matter. As long as you believe in him. As long as you love him, don't ever talk to him, don't ever see him, don't ever want him, don't ever desire to be around him, don't ever desire for him to correct you or tell you you're doing right. You don't ever talk to him any day of the week. But we're all going to the same place. I'm not talking about United Pentecostal Church. I know because I know because I've read this. That the statement that is made, we're all going to the same place, is contrary to this book. If we don't live by this book, if we don't build the relationship with Jesus Christ, if we don't do what Jesus desired, somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Somebody say there's no other name but the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say there's no other name but the name of Jesus. If you're going to do it another way, that's not the right way. It's Jesus' name. Amen. Come here. The reason I like Brother Trevor is because he preaches with me really close, and I like some of the stuff he says. So the Bible says this. What does it say if you're going to do it another way? Let them be accursed. Be accursed. 
What? 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 Somebody say Jesus name. Somebody say Jesus name. When you're under pressure, when seducing spirits come, when the world comes in, when friends are backslidden, when everybody else is trying to do another thing than what the Bible says, that is not when you decide. You decide before all that happens. You make up in your mind before all that goes down. You decide, I'm serving Jesus Christ. I'm baptized in Jesus' name. I'm filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've already decided. It is settled for me. Somebody say it's settled for me. Praise God. You may be seated. You need to have already settled it for yourself that there is one God and that his name is Jesus. That Acts 2.38 is the only plan of salvation. That the infilling of the Holy Ghost is not an added blessing. It is not something extra, but it is absolutely essential. If you're going to make heaven your home, except a man is born of water and of spirit. Praise God. That when you get the Holy Ghost... You will talk in other tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance. It's got to be settled. It's settled in the Word of God. The Word of God says it, but is it settled in you? Do you understand that you got to have the Holy Ghost? Do you understand and get it in your mind and your spirit that it is essential that you're baptized in Jesus' name and you talk in other tongues, letting you know and others know around you that you have been filled with His Spirit, not because the United Pentecostal Church or any other church or organization says so, but the Word of God. This black book, the one that you hold in your hand, says so. That is not misinterpreted. It is exact. And if you don't believe me, I ask you, as I always do, anybody that's been around here for any time, you go work it out your own self. Find it for yourself so you will know that. Don't take my word for it. You go find out. Amen. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Come on, clap your hands under the Lord. Now, call it what you want. He's preaching like this because he went to Youth Congress. Maybe I am. But it just solidified it even more for me. That's why I like going to that stuff. It just lets me know that, you know something? I am on the right track, yes. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. What I believe, what I know in the word of God, what I've studied out for myself, what is there. And sometimes what you're like, man, is it going to hurt somebody's feelings? I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. It's not my intention. There's the preface. But here it is. You need to settle it in yourself right now at this service. Hey, I'm going to dress right. I'm going to talk right. I'm going to stay right. I'm not going to go to the wrong places. I'm going to believe right. I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to listen to the 
the word of God. I'm going to listen to the right music. I'm going to surround myself by the right people. I'm going to be set apart. I'm going to be different. I'm not going to be like everybody else, Seamus. Make up in your mind right now. I guess all you adults in the back that ain't standing up, I guess you got it settled. If you do, praise God. But still, why don't you clap your hands and let your babies know. Let those that are excited about it know, I got it settled for me. I'm going to be pastor a little bit right now. Is that all right? This ain't in my notes, but I'm going to look at it like it is. I'm going to tell you this. The fact of the matter is, if you don't get excited about that, it's probably not settled in you. You know what I love? This is what I love when I hear reports like this. I had a young person come to me and they said, hey, can you talk to me about this? And I know because I'm pastor, I see different in how they live and those around them live. And I get it. Can you talk to me about this? Because I want to know. I need to know about this. I want to know why I need to do this and why I need to not do this and why I need to stay away from this and why. You know what that's called? That's called getting it settled. That's what that's called. You know what that's called? That's called getting it settled. They haven't been doing that. But when they get in a crowd of 33,000 people and they start looking around. And it's like us. We got a dress code. Whether you believe it or not, when we go on trips, we got a dress code. Whether you like it or not, you can call it a cult. You're ridiculous. You don't know what you're talking about. Come talk to me. I'll tell you it ain't one. All right? And I'll tell you why it's not one. But anyways, you got to, nobody gets mad at McDonald's and they say, you got to dress this way. Anyway, whatever. I'm sorry. Pardon me. Don't clap for that. Don't clap for that. That's Pastor Darren talking in the flesh. I apologize. I sincerely do. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> but seriously, when young people begin to see that, maybe it's different at home. Maybe mom and dad don't champion that idea. Or that thought process. But they see it and they start, this thing starts happening. Click, 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 click. They start thinking for themselves. And I like that. And my job is as a pastor say, no, 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 don't, don't. What happened somewhere down the line for a mom or a dad, and I'm not discounting you, mom or dad, you started thinking for yourself. And you didn't go study the word of God because if you study the word of God, it's in there. The word of God says come out from among them and be separate. You can also go and study deep. If you don't take, I'm, listen, I'm not as educated. I'm trying again. I tried many Octobers ago, but I'm trying again this October to get in some of the classes that Brother uh, Arnett went through. If you don't get, if you don't trust me, we're going to talk about it next week. When we're starting our deeper life. He can give you more insight about what I'm talking about right now. It's in the book. It's in the book why we need to be separated. Not because we're United Pentecostal. Throw that out the window. That's just that holiness movement. That's what them ho That is exactly what you sound like in the spirit if that's your thought. That's just a holiness movement. That's just a Pentecostal movement. That's you not a Pentecostal. No, it's not. 
Go study the word. The Bible says to come out from among them and be separate, saith the United Pentecostal Church International. No, sir. The word of God says that. His word says that. Be ye holy, for I am holy, saith the United Pentecostal Church International. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Man, I'm about to get off in some waters I don't need to get into right now. <laughs> now, I told you I was going to do it, and here I go. If you think, and I'm not, I'm not coming against anybody, don't walk out on me, just stay here. If you can consciously say, man or woman, that you can wear shorts up to your butt cheeks, pardon my grammar, I said it, you can cut that out, brother, and you think that's holy, hold on, nobody respond, just let me talk for a minute. You are completely and totally deranged. Your conscience has been seared with a hot iron. It's okay. Now, I'm going to say something a little further. Mom and dad, if you're okay with spending your money to do that and you want, you can wear them right up here, no big deal. Or you can let them walk out of your house. Has anybody ever heard me preach like this? I hadn't done this, have I? Sister Lisa, you've been around for a long time. Honey, you've been around for a long time. I haven't done this, have I? But I'm doing it today. You are deranged. You're not thinking right. You're not, your nose is not in the book. You do not have, you do not have a, you truly do not have a love for this word if you think that's okay. I love you. That's why I'm saying that. The Bible says to come out from among them and be separate, separated. Touch not the unclean thing. If you think that you can go drink alcohol and you feel like that it's okay, I can do that. It's not a big deal. I'm on vacation. I'm going to have a margarita. You are deranged. Not because I said so, but because the Bible, as you read it, will tell you so. This is why I'm not on social media. So if this is happening, you know, I'm not preaching it because I saw it on social media. Now, there's young people. There's a few of them. Mom and dad, they're going to want to have a conversation with you. Not because I said anything, just because I heard about it. It wasn't because youth pastor or youth worker said anything. It's because apostolic preachers got up and preached like forefathers used to preach. I believe it was Brother Chris Green. He did. He said it was, he made the statement that Bell is calling for your children. I'm going to go a step further this morning. Bell is calling for every adult. If they can get you to be, uh, it's all right. They're just young. They're young once. They're only young one time. Let them do it. It's no big deal. Daddy, let me tell you something. Get a backbone. Hold on. Stop, 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 stop. stop. Don't, don't, don't respond. Daddy, get a backbone. 
It is the spirit of the age. The spirit of the age is saying, undress, put everything out there, let everybody see it. Daddy, get a backbone. And I'm here. We send out emails every week. All right? And it says, if you need to meet with me, if me and you need to get together, or me, you, and your wife and children need to get together, we can get in the word of God, and we can find out why it is right. Okay? I'm going to go a little bit further. I didn't mean to preach on biblical lifestyle standards today, but here I go. The Bible says that a woman is not to wear what pertaineth to a man. We can get, again, seriously, this coming next Sunday, we're going to have a meeting with our executive team, and we're planning our next time to teach deeper life, and we can get into it a little deeper there. And I'll even sit in on it because Brother Jonathan does an incredible job, and you cannot, hold on, hold on, you cannot argue with it because all he does is teach, teach Bible and teach a truth from the Bible. The Bible says that a woman is not to wear what pertaineth to a man. There you go. It's simple as that. A woman is not to wear what pertaineth to a man. But if you want some deeper things, then you can come to deeper life and get that deeper instruction. All right? Cut or shorn or shaven. They all mean the same thing. I'm going to get rid of my dead ends. Now, listen to me. I love my wife because my wife, she grew up in the church. She got out of the church. She cut her hair, and then she got back in the church. But when she got back in, she studied to show herself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, listen to me. If you're in the house today and you do all of the things that I've talked about, don't say I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. Don't say that because you're welcome here. And I love you, but I would be amiss if I did not say something about it. I, I am going to be judged for it, and I've said a thousand and one times, especially when I talk about money, that I'm not going to hell for anybody. Well, I'm not going to go to hell for not telling the truth, all the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. Men... The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. So we got to guard our eyes. We got to guard our body. We got to guard what we do as well. Be ye holy. If you think it's all right, I'm going to go mow my lawn out in the middle of my neighborhood with my shirt off, my short shorts on, whatever you, I don't know why you don't do that anyway, but that is for your wife and your wife only. These things produce when we do these things. The lust of the flesh. The pride. Well, that's them. They should pray right. Go study the book. Quit giving dumb answers like that. The only reason I'm saying that is because people do that. It's their fault. They're the ones. They're not praying right. They're not, I, I'll wear this if I want to, and it's their fault. No, it's not. You're causing somebody to fall in the ditch. It's your fault. And it's their fault. Both people are wrong. Amen? So, meanwhile, back to my message. It's got to be settled for you. Because this is what's going to happen. Mama, if you don't get it settled for you, you will come running to me someday when all hell is broken loose. 
But you know why? That all hell is broken loose. It's because you didn't get it settled for you and you didn't get it settled for your home. Daddy, don't come running to me. I want you to, but don't come running to me crying about it. If you didn't settle it for you, when all hell breaks loose in a few years. You may be seated. I'm hurrying. We got to go to the baptistry. It has been said that every generation has to rediscover the truth for itself. I believe every person has to rediscover the truth for him or herself. It is not enough to believe just because my heritage believes. Tate James Gilbert, Creed James Gilbert. I don't want you to believe it just because daddy did. Where's she at? I don't know where she's at. Where's she at? There she is. Right there. Amaris, you can't believe it because mom and daddy believe it. You got to make up your mind for yourself. You got to settle it for yourself. You got to look in the Bible and you got to decide, yes, I got to be born again of water and spirit. Yes, there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yes, I got to come out from among them and be separate. Yes, I can't touch the unclean thing. Yes, that's what the Bible says. I love it, ladies and gentlemen. When I see nobody move, it pushes me a little farther because that lets me know I'm ruffling some feathers and it could be that I'm trying to pull your soul out of here. You're not going to shut me up if you stop giving. You're not going to shut me up decide this is not where I want to go. Let me tell you something. I've been a construction worker for a long time and I go back to construction working if I need be. I'm going to preach the truth and nothing's going to stop me from preaching the truth. There must be a time when you settle the issue for yourself. There must be a time that you make up your own mind with certainty that this is the truth. This is what the Bible teaches. At all costs, make up your mind. It doesn't matter if it ruffles the feathers of your family. It doesn't matter if somebody in the family doesn't agree with it. If it's sound doctrine, if it's truth from the word of God, you set your mind and you set your heart on it and let it be settled for you. His word is forever settled in heaven. But my message today is it settled for you. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation. I've used this before. We do it all the time. We lay the foundation and then we rip up the foundation. We lay the foundation and then we rip up the foundation. We lay the foundation and we rip up the foundation. What am I trying to tell you? It's time right now, today, that you buy a gravestone right where it is that I'm going to stay and I'm going to die. I'm not going to leave from this place. I'm going to stay in this place. I want to be here until I'm six foot under. Lay the foundation and don't remove yourself from the foundation. And then every day, God, I want you to perfect me. God, I want to get better. I want to get right. Brother Jonathan, come here if you would help me. He didn't know I was going to do this. 
Sister Judy Dumas, would you come join me? This ain't in my notes. I'm just looking at them like it is, but it's not in my notes. I know every flower grows different, but they got to grow. I know every bush grows different, but every bush has got to grow. When I met Brother Jonathan Arnett, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe when I first met you, when Ginger and I were sitting in y'all's house, that you had a desire to be a preacher. None. Did you have a desire to even study the book like you study it now? None. Okay. I figured that. We haven't had this conversation in the back. We're not, it's not, we're not doing this stuff in the back room somewhere. This man was broken and hurt, and so was his wife. And they were trying to find love. And they found it. And Bishop preached. I preached. We had people preach. And then Brother Jonathan came to a class. And I was wretched and undone when it came to being a teacher. I kind of still am. I'm trying. But he had a love that came here from commitment. And he began to grow all on his own. He began to water. And he began to allow the word as he read it to be planted inside of him. And he began to grow. And he grew so, he grew so fast. He grew faster than his wife did. And he came to Bishop and me and was like, she ain't growing like I'm growing, and I want her to grow like I'm growing. It's true. And Bishop was like, brakes, stop. I was like, hold on. Don't do that. Just keep on loving and keep on watering. And God began to grow her the way that he was growing him. But guess what? That didn't happen on Sunday mornings. That didn't happen on special revival services. That, that did not happen at a prayer meeting here. That happened as he walked from his bedroom down the hall and walked into his office. And he knelt down in front of Miami uh, memorabilia. And as he was praying one day, it said in Pentecostal telling him to do this. This is just Brother Jonathan. He looked up and he saw some things that he used to love. And he said... Know something? That's got to go. That was him growing. <laughs> and then what he did is just like a good shepherd of the home does. Says, hey, let's pray together. Let's read and study the Bible together. And so they did that. And God began to grow her and began to do a work in her. And you know what? Not because... They came to church on Sunday and Wednesday and came to prayer meetings on Saturday night back in the day. But in their own home, at their own kitchen table, at his prayer closet, they begin to settle it for themselves. It doesn't matter what I preach. It doesn't matter what I say. He's got it settled for him. Him and his house is going to serve the Lord no matter what happens, no matter what anybody else does. Thank you, Brother Jonathan here close. Oh, you want me to come to you? Okay, I'll come to you. This lady right here, she's sweet, y'all. I'm telling you. I can't explain to you how much she hates this right now. 
Like with a purple passion she hates what I'm doing right now. But I'm going to tell you something. All hell broke loose in this lady's life. Separation and broken and hurt and pain and issues and stuff that I'm not even going to divulge. I'm, I would never do that. But this lady, I seen it because I was this big. And now I'm this big. And I'm this big. I watched and I observed and I saw this lady settle it for herself. She settled no matter what comes my way. No matter the issues that arise. No matter when I see things that disgust me and make me mad and I want to get jealous and angry about it. I've settled in my spirit that I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my might, and all of my strength. And she did it so much that when a normal person wouldn't show charity, and wouldn't show love. She walked right smack dab into what was still a cesspool. And said I love you. And I care for you. Someone that broke it all apart said I love you. And I care for you. And a person that can do that. They have it settled for themselves. Yes it's settled in the word. But she settled it in herself. I'm going to love even though you've done me wrong. I'm going to care for you even though you haven't cared for me. I'm going to be there for you even though you haven't been there for me. Why? Because when I was at my worst, he loved me. When I wasn't where I should be, he first loved me and he cared for me. And he brought me out of darkness and into this marvelous light. And so I'm going to show forth his praises by caring for you. Is it settled for you? Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. Again, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation. You know what? She didn't lay again the foundation. Speaking of Sister Judy, it was laid and she said, I'm going to stand on this firm foundation. I know he's a forgiver. I know he gives peace that passeth all understanding. I know he puts joy when there could be absolutely no joy. He allows me to have long suffering just how, how he is long suffering to me. And he stands on. She stood on the foundation that she laid. It was settled for her. My question, true church and guests that are in the house, is it settled for you? Musicians, if you'd come. I'm only page six and I've got 16 pages, so we're not going to get there today. Settle it for yourself. I'm hurrying. Please pay attention if you can. One day, we are all going to need to have a place where we can run to safety, as I preached about at the very beginning. We're all going to need a place where we can go to when the going gets rough and the hard issues come our way. We are going to need that place that is sure, that we have made sure. And my proposal to you today is that you settle it for yourself. The reason 
that some, some people don't make it from revival to revival. Camp meeting to camp meeting. Sunday to Sunday is because they never settled the things in their spirit and their mind for themselves. Now, stand to your feet if you would. I want you to listen to me, so I'm going to wait till you stand. Now is the time to decide, to settle in your spirit. Young people, listen to me. Adults, would you please allow yourself to have a transformation and a change today? If you're not there, if you're not where I preached about some people here a moment ago, if that's not where you've gone, you need to make up in your mind right now. Brother Jonathan, he's grown and he's still growing and he never wants to stop growing. Sister Judy is growing and wants to grow and still growing and will grow until Jesus comes back. There's some in this place right now, this isn't in my notes, that you haven't grown since the second service that you walked into this place and you've been going here for 16 and 17 and 18 years and I'm not being mean I'm just stating a fact you are known by your fruits not by the fruits that I think you should have but the judgment if you will from the word of God the word of God. There's some that have been in this place that have, you've sang on the platform. You've separated yourself. You've done what the word of God said. You came to that higher standard, if you will, that pastor asked you to do. But now you have gone away from that. And further and further you go and you fall. Now is the time on this 30th day of July in 2023 that you need to decide, that you need to settle it for yourself, that I am an apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled child of God, and I'm not ashamed of it. I am coming out from among them, and I'm separate. I'm thankful for what God has done in my life and what he's going to continue to do in my life. I'm going to grow until he comes. I'm going to change how he wants me to change. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. How much joy there is in living for God when you settle it for yourself. When you make up your mind, no matter what anybody else is doing in the family, but you make up in your mind, as for me and this spiritual house, I'm going to serve the Lord. And this is pastor talking, so just listen to me. If your family members don't know that you've settled it, if your co-workers can't see that you've settled it, they don't know that you've settled it, the person at the gas station that you frequent, they don't know that you've settled it, they don't know that you are one God, apostolic, Holy Ghost filled, separated from the world, different, act different, talk different, walk different, dress different, according to God's instructions, not Pastor Darren or the United Pentecostal Church. If they don't know, then you haven't settled it. And when the storm comes, and when the issues arise, when stuff begins to happen, you are not going to run to the name of the Lord, your strong tower. Because your actions and how you feel and what you do on a regular basis, it says, it tells where you stand. 
and you're not going to be the one that is righteous and you run into that strong tower. You're going to do what you already do. Try to fix it yourself. Try to do it yourself. Try to answer the issue yourself. Ask me the question today. Is it settled for you? It's settled in the word of God. The only thing that you need to do and I need to do is make sure that we go and find where it's settled. And where it's settled, we take ownership of that. And we say it's settled for me. My prayer team would please come right now. There's going to be some needs that come up on the screen and we're going to pray for those. And if you're in the room and you need special prayer, I want you to come and find one of these individuals at the front to pray with you. But if you want to respond to this message also, I'm asking you that you'd make your way to this altar. Make your way this, to this altar with the attitude, I've got to get it settled for me. I've got to get it settled that I am one that believes what the word of God teaches, that there is one God and his name is Jesus. I believe that I must be born again of water and of spirit. I believe that I got to repent. I got to repent before the Lord. I got to turn away from the life that I'm living and I got to focus on you. Remember, whether you live a victorious life or not, in large measure, it is determined by what we do when things are good, when everything is going great, when you're shouting at church and shouting at camp, our spiritual survival depends on what we do when it gets rough. I'm thankful for what you do when you're shouting. I'm thankful for what you do when we're having a great Holy Ghost-filled service. But your spiritual survival all depends on what we do when the going gets rough. So Truth Church and guests that are in the house, would you make your way to this altar right now? Those that are getting baptized, if you'd go over there to where Brother Jordan is, he's going to pray with you before you go in the back. He's going to talk to you right now, parents, if you want to make your way over there to them. He'll talk with you, pray with you, and we'll baptize you in just a moment. If you're in this place and you've never been born again of water and of spirit, I want you to find one of these prayer warriors in the front right here that I trust in, that I've scheduled to be here. I want you to talk with them. I'm going to pray with you. Find someone that you're comfortable with beside you to pray with you and talk to you about the infilling of the Holy Ghost and baptism in Jesus' name. If you're in this building today, I ask you, don't leave. Don't head out. Would you come to an altar respond? Parents, allow your children to see you respond. Allow your young adults to see you respond. Elders, we're opening up these front pews for you to come and sit there so you can. Would you come right now and lift your hands, stretch forth your hands to everyone that's praying here. We need you to stand behind us, elders. We know you've been faithful. We know it's settled for you. Would you help somebody make up their mind today for it to be settled in them like it's settled in heaven? Come on, would you lift your voice? I sing all the songs. Come on, lift your voice. I read all about you. I know right from wrong. 
Come on, young people, lift your voice. Come on, I know there's not 33,000 people in the room, but would you lift your voice and pray right now? Would you find somebody? I know your spiritual temperature's high right now. Would you find somebody in this altar? Would you lay your hands on them? Let God use you.